This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Alrighty, and welcome back to yet another episode of Brojo Online podcast. And today we're going to talk about how life sucks and how you can get over it. So today is really about acceptance. Uh, we're going to be talking about coming to a state of being where you can acknowledge that life sucks without it making you miserable. And, you know, I wanted to do this episode because I can see at the core of a lot of people's suffering, it's not because life sucks, it's because they don't accept that it sucks. They're, they're waiting for life to get better. <laughs> you know, they're waiting for the resurrection of some great thing. And they're waiting for heaven. Waiting for heaven on earth. And every day that goes by, they're reminded that it hasn't happened yet. That they haven't got what they want, and they aren't as good as they wanted to be at all the things they wanted to be good at, and they're not winning in the way they wanted to win. And they believe that that should happen. That at some point they should cross the finish line and have all the stuff they want and be the person they want to be and blah blah blah. And every day that that doesn't happen, they become ever more bitter and resentful and disappointed, particularly when they think, nay, when they believe that other people have crossed the line. When they look at other people's lives and said, see, he's got everything he wants and she's doing as well as I want to be doing. Why not me? Why do you pick on me, God, universe, whatever? Why am I the one who's been targeted for such poor treatment? So today is about understanding that nobody's really got it that much better than you but we're going to be looking at that and just the concept that you might actually never really enjoy life as it is but you can learn to like yourself you can enjoy being you in this life which i think is the most healthy and productive pursuit a human being can go about doing horrible things happen don't they both subjectively and objectively. There's things that are horrible only because of what I believe in. And there's things that are horrible no matter what I believe in. If I get an infectious disease or cancer, it doesn't matter what I believe in, it's going to be a horrible experience for me. If we go through the chemotherapy and coughing up blood and all that kind of stuff, I don't care how philosophical you are, it sucks to go through that. And then there's other things that are much more subjective like, uh, say, Trump winning the presidency. That might really bother me, but it's only because I'm not pro-Trump. So it's just it's just my subjective world that gets affected by that. Him becoming president is not objectively a harmful experience. So it doesn't really matter, to be honest, whether something is subjective or objective. What matters is that it sucks for you. And that if you're not okay with it sucking, if you don't accept that... Not only do things suck now, but they're going to keep sucking right up until the day you die. You're going to have a very miserable life. The fact that things suck isn't what's going to make you miserable. That's that's just life. That's normal. Life is a burning struggle for every living organism that's ever existed. We are in a constant evolutionary fight with every other organism for resources and sunlight and so on. The fact that you're even alive means you're in the top... 0.0000000001% of every species that's ever tried to be alive. 
You know, most of them don't make it. Plants and animals, flora and fauna, we're beating them all. And yet it still sucks. And it sucks because it's a constant fight. If we slack off, if we rest on our laurels, something else is going to take over. The insects, artificial intelligence, who knows what's going to be next. But we will always have to fight to be alive, and, and life will always suck. No matter what your belief system is, there will be people out there who deliberately do the opposite of what you think is right. And they'll do it right in your face. You know, no matter how you think things should go, the universe just doesn't care what you think is fear. It's never so shown even a single ounce of evidence that it cares. So it either doesn't care, or it chooses not to engage in that caring. And the end result is the same. Your version of what is fear, your version of a life that doesn't suck, is not going to happen. I'm going to talk a bit about that because you might think, well, for some people this has happened. The rich, famous, beautiful people who've got everything, and everything they want happens the way they want it to. They surely don't think that life sucks. I'm going to reveal a little secret today, is actually their life sucks too. There are different varying ranges of suckiness. For example, you can objectively measure that somebody has a higher quality of life than another person, but that's only humans comparing to other humans. If you compare all humans to a blissful experience, you can see we're all woefully falling short of that. Most powerful, rich, loved people in the world Still, their life sucks compared to what a blissful existence would be, compared to nirvana or heaven. They still have their daily frustrations and grinds and things not going their way. What's really ironic and bizarre about the human suffering experience is that a child in Africa who's frustrated yet again that his mother didn't come home last night with their daily ration of rice is probably in the same amount of pain emotionally than the wealthy white plantation owner whose butler was five minutes late to work. It seems on the surface that these should be different levels of pain, but there's a good chance that they're the same. The little African child is more resilient to upset, and this is the range of good to bad in his life, and he's feeling a medium amount of bad. And, you know, the white plantation owner, or whatever... His butler coming to work is actually rating quite high on his level of bad because he's used to the good things happening. So he gets actually probably more affected and more frustrated and annoyed and upset than the little fictional stereotypical African child. If you had everything you wanted, you still wouldn't be happy. Did you know that? If you could push a button right now and have all the money you wanted, all the love and popularity and everything you think it is, that's preventing you from having an enjoyable life, and everything you think it is that makes life suck. Even if you could push a button and end all the terrorism and all the external stuff that bothers you about the world, and you could wipe out all the humans that are harmful to others and just have the nice happy people left, you still wouldn't be happy. Not for long. You'd have a brief blissful moment or two. But getting what you want doesn't create acceptance. Because the human brain is designed to be dissatisfied. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, it's so obvious. 
And yet we don't talk about it. We constantly think that there's some finish line we can cross where we will no longer think that life sucks because we have everything we need. And yet we clearly see evidence. All of those people that seem to have everything that everybody else wants, they still have major relationship traumas and they still end up in drug rehab and they still break the law and end up in tax evasion schemes and on and on and on. And then occasionally you get the more honest ones who will tell us directly about this. You know, one of my favorite celebrities in the world is Will Smith, the actor. You know, he, he posts little videos about his life and he recently posted one about his decades-long struggle with trying to make his wife happy. I mean... <laughs> That's the same struggle every dude in every relationship has. He's got all the millions. He could have every woman in the world if he wanted to. And yet he's still struggling to manage his relationship, just like every other motherfucker. Right? As far as I'm concerned, him and others like him are absolutely solid evidence that even when life doesn't suck, you'll still find a way to be dissatisfied. Somewhere out there is hidden footage you know, of the Dalai Lama banging his toe on the end of a couch and going, fuck! You know, I want to see that video. <laughs> no, I don't know if that exists, but the point I want to make, even the spiritual gurus that you look up to who claim to be this, that, and the other, I can tell you I've met some of them, and they're mostly full of shit. They still get frustration. They still think life sucks. The very fact that the Dalai Lama or Eckhart Tolle are wandering the world trying to help people it's because they're frustrated by the suffering in the world. If they really were okay with it, they wouldn't be bothering going around to change it. They'd just go sit in the mountain somewhere and enjoy the meditation by the fucking forest or whatever. But no, they've got to do their speeches and travel the world. Why? Because it pisses them off that the world is the way it is. They think that life sucks, right? You need to open your mind to the idea that life's always going to suck. And you can either make the most of that, or give up. But fighting to make a life that doesn't suck is a huge, wasteful expenditure of energy, time, and resources. You can overcome problems, oh yeah, but don't think you're going to finish that job. <laughs> Every problem that you solve only creates two new ones. If you think being single is a problem, then getting into a relationship brings up all the problems of being in a relationship. You might think of being barren is a problem. Well, adopt a child and see if that comes problem-free. You might think that being overweight is a problem. Well, try eating healthy. That's a fucking nightmare. Every problem you solve creates new problems. I think of Mickey Mouse in the, uh... God, this is old now. Jesus Christ, that's fucking old. What's that movie he's in where he's in, like, a castle of magic and... I don't know. Anyway, he keeps, like, chopping up these... Well, how does it work? He chops himself in half, or he chops like a clone of himself in half, and then two more come... I don't know. It's like the Hydra, right? The mythical beast. Every time you cut its head off, two new heads grow. Your attempt to solve problems only creates more of them. Now, that's not exactly how it works, because some people have a catastrophic amount of problems in their life, usually because they're avoiding trying to solve them. And you can certainly reduce the amount of harm that's happening in your life. There is a scale of suckiness that we're all on, and you can get to a better place on that scale, but it will still suck. The best place on that scale still sucks. And so you're left with a dilemma. It's impossible to create a life that doesn't suck, at least some of the time. But it is possible to become a person who can handle the world sucking. 
and to be proud of being that person and to enjoy being that person. That is possible. And what I'd suggest is overcoming your belief that life needs to be fair and that life shouldn't suck is part, in fact a necessary part, of becoming that person. Let's have a little look at why we think life is unfair. What prevents us from becoming that person, the thing that steals our attention and energy, trying to make life fair, instead of trying to become a person who can handle it being unfair. Well, the worst thing's got to be comparison to others, doesn't it? If you didn't know how anyone else was doing, it would be very hard to believe that life was unfair to you. Have you ever thought about that? If you were isolated, and you had no idea how any other human was doing, you would assume that your experience was average, normal. It was the only experience that could be had. It's only because you're aware of other people's experiences that you get a sense of disparity. You know, you've got no problem with being single while all your friends are single. But once they start getting partners, all of a sudden being single is a, all of a sudden being single is a problem. It wasn't a problem before. Why did it suddenly become one? You know, I, I'm seeing this now as I get into my 30s. Never before was it considered a problem to not have a child. In fact, quite the opposite. A bunch of girls in my school got pregnant uh, during their high school teen years. And so for the longest time, pregnancy was seen as a massive joy kill, you know? It was seen as a life ender. And everybody's quite happy to not have kids. And then people get to 30 and they start having kids. And all of a sudden, people start feeling like life's unfair, that they don't have a child, or that they're not married yet, and so on. If those other people weren't around changing their behavior, if everybody was waiting until they were 50 to have kids, it wouldn't feel unfair to not have kids at 30. That comparative measure is what decides whether or not life sucks. So I want you to notice that you are the one that makes life suck through your comparisons. Now what's interesting about this comparison thing that we do, is it's always against others who are doing better than us, isn't it? So it's a very subjective and biased assessment. We do look at people who we consider to be doing worse than us, but we don't take that information in the same way. If I'm going to the gym, I will simultaneously see someone who's unhealthier than me, clearly. While I see somebody who's clearly healthier than me, or at least more muscular and and, and fit. Yet I will not take in those two separate pieces of information and come to the conclusion that I'm in the middle. All I'll come to the conclusion of is I'm less than the fit guy. That there's an unfairness here, that he is somehow advantaged. I'm disadvantaged, I've been held back. Even if I've been held back by myself, I still think it's unfair to be a person who holds himself back. But of course most of the time I think I'm held back by others. Well, I would have been fitter if my girlfriend had just made more healthy meals for me, I say to myself, imagining that this guy has a girlfriend making him healthy meals. We do this comparative, very biased, skewed assessment. It doesn't occur to me that maybe he's fit and healthy looking because he has an eating disorder, or that he's genetically predispositioned towards being muscular and cut, but he'll die from heart disease at 35. I don't know anything about him. For me to think that he's doing better than me is just total bullshit based on looking at him at the gym. And even if he is, so fucking what? Why does it matter to me? Why do I look for people doing better than me and then beat myself to death with that information? 
which is always false information. Yes, life does suck more objectively for some people than it does for others, but whether or not that means they are going to be more or less likely to accept life, and more or less likely to enjoy being who they are, that's different. I can probably quite objectively say that the fact that I was not severely abused sexually as a child is objectively better than somebody who was. Their life sucked more than I did at that time. No doubt about it. But do they enjoy their life more than me? Quite possibly. We're going to get into this in a while, but one thing that's really clear to me about the potential reason that life continues to suck and why we have this wiring in our brain that looks for dissatisfaction is because of the growth that comes from trauma, the character building. There's a guy, uh, I won't mention his name, but he died recently in his 30s and he was from the same uh, city as me. I won't go into too much detail because I'll identify him. But what I can say is that he was essentially someone you might say is spoiled. Which means he kind of got everything he wanted. His parents uh, coddled him and made everything very easy for him. You know, he lacked for nothing. He had the kind of life that a lot of people would be jealous of because he didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to earn anything. What he ended up doing is becoming an alcoholic. And I have almost no doubt that his early death was somehow related to that. Plus he had a very awful diet and cholesterol problems and so on. He's an example, tragically, of a man not challenged, of a man not prompted to grow from trauma. He had it too easy. And so you compare him to the person who was abused as a child and you think, wow, he's got it better. And yet he ended up so much worse. And I don't believe those things are uh, separate from each other. I believe he ended up worse because he was not at all traumatized. Now, everybody's somewhat traumatized. Everybody has something bad happen to them. But if you're able to have something very bad happen to you and you're able to overcome that, you end up so much stronger than the person who never suffered at all. So the idea that life sucking is somehow a bad thing is a belief you need to get over. There's plenty of evidence to show that somebody who is given a lot of challenge and difficulty in life ends up being a stronger person who enjoys being themselves more than somebody who's had it easy. Somebody who's had it easy tends to grow up fragile. You know, the example I used before, the, the poor little starving African child is relatively unaffected by having to sleep on the floor, by not knowing where his next meal comes from. He can still dance with his friends and, and play with an old stick and have plenty of enjoyment in those moments. Whereas the, you know, the rich, coddled, family-inheritant plantation owner in the United States can be devastated by a hair in his omelette. Who's really suffering more? It seems like the little boy's suffering more because you compare yourself to them and think, ah, objectively their life is worse. But if they enjoy being themselves more than you do, who's really got it worse? Part of the life is unfair belief system comes from a, a kind of overlapping belief that pain is bad. Why we believe this is beyond me. Because it's clearly shown to be the opposite. Pain is growth. When something hurts, you end up being a better person because of it. 
as long as you're able to kind of bring that whole thing to a conclusion. Yes, there is some people for, for whom there is too much pain. But I would argue that these people would have the opportunity to be stronger if they were supported in the right way through that pain. Somebody who's abused as a child, for example. I've worked with a lot of people who had uh, childhood abuse. Some ended up very strong because of that experience, and some ended up very fragile. But a lot of them had the same experiences, almost identically, on paper. But they did not have identical support or recovery systems. And what's interesting, you take somebody who ended up very fragile because of that, and you put them through a supportive recovery system, they end up becoming very strong. There's somebody who can be honest in any company, there's somebody who's unbothered by getting stuck in traffic, because they've been through so much worse and they know they can handle it. I didn't like, I didn't break any bones till I was like 18. And it wasn't for lack of trying, I mean, I played rugby and everything, I just got lucky. Maybe I was a little bit safer than some of the other kids, who knows. But I started breaking bones when I was about 18 or 19 after getting carried away with the Jackass franchise and, you know, copying them. And it was interesting because the first time I broke a bone, I couldn't believe how much it hurt. I uh, dislocated my shoulder and broke my wrist at the same time. I remember I was in a cast and I accidentally went open a, I went open a sliding door with my broken wrist hand and it was locked and so I didn't move and I like pulled against it. And I remember that being the most pain in my life I'd ever experienced up until that point. It felt like a grenade had gone off inside my arm. And I was on my knees, like, whiting out, almost almost, um, almost unconscious from the pain. But those moments have made me much more resilient to pain now. All those times where I had a shit job, where I was bent over, back aching, digging through, like, stones for 12 hours a day, barely able to, like, hold my head up at the end of the day, constantly sore and all that... I'm definitely a tougher person because of those experiences now. And the opposite's also true. I've been sitting at a computer for many years now, and I'm, I can feel myself getting softer. It's been more comfortable. Life has been less sucky, you might say. My job has sucked a lot less than it used to. But I'm becoming weaker because of that. There's no doubt about it. The comparison thing. We often look at others doing worse than us, and we give it a different consideration to others we think are doing better than us. Both times we do not actually know if the person is enjoying their life more or less than we are. But we assume, based on what we see, that if it's our definition of better or worse, then they must be feeling better or worse. So if I look at someone and think they look like they're doing better than me by my standards, I'll assume they enjoy their life more than I do. And I look at someone, say, like a homeless person who's clearly doing worse than me by my judgmental standards, I'll assume they also feel worse about their life than I do. And I might be right, but I'm not guaranteed to be right. And what I'll also do is, when I look at the people who I think are doing worse than me, rather than this balancing out my comparison, all it does is add guilt to my lack of gratitude. Many of you will know, like, if you didn't finish your dinner, one of your parents would have said, hey, think of the starving children in Africa, as if that's somehow meant to bring on your appetite. And you think, well, that should make me feel grateful for this food. But all it does is make me guilty for being an ungrateful dick. It doesn't create any further gratitude. It just creates less gratitude about me being me. So no matter how you compare yourself to someone, whether you think they're doing better or worse than you, you end up losing. There's no good that comes of it. And there's a huge difference between comparing yourself to someone and learning from their example. Looking at someone's behavior characteristics or strategies and techniques and learning from it is a lot different to saying, is that person doing better or worse than me? 
I can look at a dancer who's more experienced and skilled than I am and learn from their technique and moves without needing to decide that they're a better person than me and that they enjoy their life more. It's a great example, actually. You know, I've met a lot of uh, professional zook dancers and there'll be a lot of people I know, especially in the dance world, you know, people in the dance world can be highly judgmental about themselves and especially in relation to their dancing skill. So they look at themselves and go, oh, I'm such a terrible dancer and I suck and life sucks. I wish I was better, I wish I was skinnier, and blah blah blah. And yet, every single professional dancer I've met is a borderline alcoholic. You know, almost every single one, or at least they were at some point. And they never go out without wearing tons of makeup or the best clothing. There's all clear warning signs that these people do not fully enjoy being who they are without some serious assistance and some distraction. So the idea that they're... Not only a better dancer, but a better person enjoying life more. That's an illusion. There's a good chance that many of them enjoy their lives less than their students do. And there'll be mixtures and in-betweens. The point being is just because somebody might be technically doing better than you at a very compartmentalized, tiny niche slice of life, doesn't tell you anything about whether or not life sucks more for them or for you. But you choose to make that true because you want to be a victim. You want to feel bad by the people who are doing worse than you. And you want to feel bad about the people doing better than you. Because then you can keep the story going that you're disadvantaged and you're a victim and the universe is picking on you. And the only reason you're not doing better is because you've been targeted by God or some sort of higher power for more punishment than others. You know, think about how arrogant it is to look at the little African child and then feel bad about yourself for feeling guilty. You know? It's like that thoughts and prayers shit. Like, uh, what's his name? Jesselnick. Anthony? Anthony Jesselnick, that comedian? Talks about that thought, you know, when something bad happens on the internet and everyone says thoughts and prayers, what they're really saying is, hey, don't forget about me today. You know? I know something bad happened, but I'm still here. See? You know, this idea that, like, being a victim, has a it's got like a badge of honor. When you get to tell yourself and convince yourself that life is unfair and that life sucks more for you than it does for other people, it's what I call reverse entitlement. You actually get to feel special in that moment. Like, oh, I'm really getting picked on here. I must be significant, you tell yourself. It also gets you off the hook. It's like, well, why bother trying if I'm obviously targeted for destruction? destruction you know why should i put any effort in when it's so much easier for everyone else and i'm clearly disadvantaged it's a great little story to get you off the hook isn't it we've all got it you're not special for having that story you're not special for being disadvantaged you're not special for life being unfair you're just one of us we're all the fucking same and we all think we're special which means none of us are and once you get over this need to be special once you get over this idea that life can and should suck for you and more come to the realization of the deep truth, which it sucks for every living organism to be alive. And that's just the cards we're dealt. There is no heaven or nirvana. The closest you can get to it is to become a person who enjoys being themselves, amidst the chaos of a sucky life. Now I know why you think you're targeted. I know why you think your life sucks more than others. There's a lot of clear reasons, and the main one is nobody's talking about it properly. Everybody pretends that they've figured out the solution to life sucking. You see it on your news feed every day. God, this is what people like Tony Robbins make their money from. That there is a 
Somehow there is a way out of the suckiness, and they've found it. They found it through money. They found it through sex and love. They found it through popularity. They found it through having an impact on the world. They found it through building this and creating that and winning this and that. No, they didn't. They're just not talking about how after all of those accomplishments, life still sucks for them. They don't want to tell you that part. Because it really undermines their marketing. You know, another great example is... um. I kind of pick on him all the time, but I think he's an awesome dude. Phelps. Michael Phelps, the uh, the fucking amphibious beast from the United States who won like 2,000 gold medals in a single day or something. You know, this is the guy who is the peak of athletic performance. You cannot be a better athlete than him, simply. You know, he's better than anybody. He's won more medals. It's as objective as it can get for a human being. This guy's as good as it gets physically in the water. A few years after the Olympics, what happens? He comes out as a drug addict and somebody with major depressive disorder. Is anyone shocked by that information? I'm sure a lot of people were. It's like, wait, he's he's the winner of everything. Life shouldn't suck for him. Well, newsflash, it still does. Thankfully, he's one of the few that talked about it. Just like Will Smith talks about how life can suck. And just like how... Yeah, you know, I'm seeing this great wave of, of stand-up comedians coming out who are finally admitting that life sucks. Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle. You know, Dave Chappelle's a great one. His earlier comedic work I wasn't really that into. It wasn't just, just wasn't my style of humor. But his latest stuff, oh, I love it because it's just so dark. He's just like, man, life sucks. Even when you're rich, it sucks. Chris Rock recently did a special where he talks about how he got divorced and how he's addicted to porn. That's some real shit. This guy's at the top of the fame ladder. You know, money, popularity, success, success, success. Still addicted to porn, still goes through a brutal divorce and fucking hates his life for periods of time. Doesn't matter who you are and what you've got, life sucks for you because you will be constantly dissatisfied. You know, Hugh Hefner was shagging like nine beautiful women every day, well into his like dotterage. Is that the act of a man who's satisfied? Hell no. That's the, that's the same behavior as a heroin addict. He couldn't get enough sex. He just couldn't. He tried. Nobody had more access to sex, sex than him, you know? He had as much sex as a man could possibly handle in a lifetime. He had like nine sims every night. Still not enough. He popped Viagra just to make sure he could keep them all satisfied. Still not enough. Nobody's talking about it, but if you look closer, you'll see that no one is satisfied. They just get good at pretending to others, and some of them get really good at pretending to themselves. The spiritual gurus, with their soft voices and their slow movements and their endless robes and lotus positions sitting, they seem to be in a life that doesn't suck. But they're lying to you, or at least they're lying to themselves. Their life still sucks. The fact that they hang on so desperately to looking like a spiritual guru, this identity that makes them special, proves that the life sucks for them. For somebody who's really content being themselves, they wouldn't give a fuck if you saw them as a guru or what. They wouldn't care if you even listened to them. If somebody cares that you listen to them, then life sucks for them. Like it does for me. But I'm okay with life sucking. In fact, I'm grateful that it does because I know that if it didn't, I'd get bored to death. There are so many problems out there for me to try and solve, however pointlessly, that I'm going to be busy until the day I die, with meaningful work. 
Thank fuck for that. If life didn't suck, it's game over. It's like if there was no crime, what would the policeman do? You know, if there was no terrorism, what would the FBI do for a work? You know? If there was no shitty things in the world, half of us would be out of a job, and then the other half would shortly be out of a job too, because they serve the first half. We need problems. We need life to suck in order to give us something to do. Something to evolve against. A competition for life. No one talks about it, but if you look closely, the warning signs are there. Alcoholism. It's the one drug that's generally legal globally, except in Muslim countries. And wherever you find it legal, you find alcoholics. You find high-functioning alcoholics. You find people who have everything you think they need, and yet they still get pissed every weekend. Nobody who has a life that doesn't suck would drink all the time, right? Drinking all the time is a guaranteed sign that somebody's life sucks because they don't want to face it sober. It shows them that they have social anxiety or that they have stress from their work week or they just can't handle their own fucking thoughts. Their life sucks. That's what it says. Social media and phone addictions. God, is it scary these days to walk down the street and just see everyone looking down at this little thing they're holding in their hand? I've seen people literally walk into each other because they're so into their phones. I've seen others cross the street without looking. Is that the act of someone who's content with their life? They don't even want to look up? Consumerism. Go to any shopping mall and any myth you have in your head that life doesn't suck for some people should be clearly destroyed by what you'll see. Endless people just mindlessly buying copious amounts of shit that they do not need. Anybody trying to bring things they don't need into their life clearly has a life that sucks. They're trying to fill a hole. They're trying to plaster over the wound there. Doesn't work, but they'll do it every day anyway because it keeps them going one more night. Makeup and grooming. Look at the effort people put into to make their body more fuckable. How is that a sign of contentment and satisfaction? If you have to get your hair and face looking good before you leave the house, then you're probably not too happy with life. Now, it's nothing wrong with doing this. That's the point, is we all have a life that sucks. We need to accept this. Look at all the bragging that people do. You ever notice how someone comes and like shows off and you're like, why? Why did you do that? You didn't need to. You could have enjoyed that thing all by yourself. Why did you have to show me? Why did you have to prove to me that things are good for you? And the opposite, the modesty or the false modesty, the hiding. The person who never speaks up at the team meeting or the person who never asks anyone to dance at the social. What are they hiding from? I'll tell you what they're hiding from. A life that sucks. So whether someone's extroverted or introverted, they both have lives that suck. It's so clearly obvious when you look at them properly. It's very, I, I, I've seen very few moments in my life of someone showing genuine evidence of satisfaction. And even then, it's only ever been brief. Following the rules. You notice how people follow that kind of go to university, start a career, meet a person, get married, start a family, buy the house, buy the boat. Live on a mortgage until you die. Go to the gym, blah, blah, blah. Just following rules after rules, patterns, routines, scripts. Doing everything you're supposed to do and should do. God, that must suck. And you'd only do that if you thought the rules would prevent your life from sucking. And look how many people follow those rules. People pretending to be fine. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. 
I'm good. What do you mean you're good? Who the fuck's ever good? You might occasionally be feeling calm and relaxed, occasionally, but it's hardly likely to be on a Monday morning first thing at work. Anybody saying they're feeling good on a Monday morning is fucking lying, <laughs> you know? If they are feeling good, it's probably because they just popped their last ecstasy pill at 7 in the morning and it's just hit them. Other than that, they're lying. Why would people pretend to be fine? Because they think if they can pretend hard enough, they can convince themselves that life does not suck. And yet it does. I'm not trying to be pessimistic, I'm trying to be realistic. I don't think it's a bad thing that life sucks. I think it's necessary and, regardless, it's inevitable. It doesn't matter whether we want it to suck or not, it doesn't even matter if it's a good thing or a bad thing, because it does suck. We're designed for it to suck. Now, life itself is actually neutral, but our reaction to life is to create a reality that sucks. We are built to be dissatisfied. No matter how much you give a person, on a long enough timeline, they'll become sick of that thing. You know, behind every beautiful person is someone who's tired of fucking them. Behind every pile of money is somebody who just wants more money. You know, behind every six-pack is somebody who wants an eight-pack. You never have enough. You can't. Your brain will not settle like that. It can, if you're really traumatized, you can become easily grateful. And that's kind of the best you can hope for. So you can use the pain of life sucking to become someone who's more and more grateful by being proud of yourself. You can stop seeing dissatisfaction as a sign of failure or disadvantage, or even feeling guilty about not being grateful for it. Instead, you can use it as a platform for change. Every time you've got a new problem, you're like, here's an opportunity for me to become a person I like even more than I do now. By tackling this problem with integrity, not necessarily solving it, but smashing into it with a good effort. You know, I might never have a six-pack, but I can be proud of myself for doing pull-ups at the gym. I might never become a black belt, but I can make sure that I put my fucking heart and soul into my Krav Maga class. I might never become a famous writer, but I can pump out book after book regardless. And go through all the fucking agonies of those pursuits. I mean, do you have any idea how much shit you have to go through to write and publish a book? It is like endless pain if you want to do something real and decent. The the pain to reward ratio is just, it's ridiculous. Anybody looking at it would never start a book. It hurts so much more to create and publish a book than it does to have it published and to receive the so-called rewards from it. But fuck, it's worth it for the person you become through the experience. It's the same with martial arts. I might get my fucking ass kicked in most fights that I go into, but I feel better about myself for having gone into the fight. It's not about winning. It's not about becoming the best fighter. It's about becoming the person who's not scared to get into one. That's what's satisfying. Your reactions are subjective. Life is neutral. It's you that makes it suck through your dissatisfaction. Comparing to others, wanting things you don't have, thinking you need things you don't need. That's what makes life suck, and you can't turn that off. You can try. You can meditate all day long if you like, but you're going to get hungry for something eventually. Life's always going to come back to sucking, and as long as you can accept that, you'll be all good. Which brings us kind of to the solution here. There's a few things that you can do to transform a life that sucks into a life that sucks, but is being lived by a decent person. Okay? To become a person who 
thrives in a sucky life. Like those little fish that live in those vents at the bottom of the ocean. Where it's like boiling hot mercury water or whatever's coming out. And every other living thing would die, but these little crabs and fish thrive, right? I want you to become a little a little deep sea crab here. A, oh, what are they called? Um, extremophile. That's what we're talking about. Becoming an extremophile. An extremophile is something that lives in a brutal environment that kills most other things. Now, the brutal environment, you don't get to choose. Life is tough, but you can become an extremophile. You can become a an organism, a being that thrives in that environment, or at least makes the most of it. Here's a few things that can help you. One is hierarchy of needs. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you want to do some research. Life is built on platforms and layers. A lot of people are going for things high up in the in the pyramid of what they want when they haven't even secured the basic needs yet. There are people who are trying to find enlightenment. They don't even have a job or they don't even have a good place to live. There are people who are trying to find love and connection and they don't even know who the fuck they are yet and they haven't got all their major insecurities sorted out yet. Make sure you're going for the next thing up rather than the thing that's 10 steps ahead of you. This whole swing for the, you know, aim for the stars and you'll land on the moon or whatever the fuck. Either way, you're going to die in the attempt. Fuck that. Rather than aiming for the stars, just try to get out of bed this morning. You know, try to get your shit sorted. What Dr. Jordan Peterson says, clean your room. Before you go out and trying to win against the world, just try to get yourself as a person sorted. Get your life structured and ordered. Get your shit under control. You got major trauma issues? Go see a fucking therapist. You know, you got health problems? Go see your doctor. You got financial problems? Go get a fucking job. Get your shit sorted and then work on the more complicated stuff. You know, it's like, oh god, I wish I had like 16 different girlfriends who all loved me and loved each other. Oh great, that would be nice. How about just talking to a stranger? You know, how about just making some friends first? Cool your jets. Bring it down to earth. Be more realistic. Still grow, but grow at a one step at a time pace. Not this, look at something that's way beyond you, that you don't even understand, and then just brooding about it. The next thing is being skeptical of comparison. You think you can look at other people and you know what you're seeing. You think, hey, that person's doing better than me and that person's doing worse, but you could be wrong on both counts, and you often are, but you never check it. You look at the... the Guy's making more money than you and you think he's doing better than me. Go ask him. How his life is. There are a lot of people out there who are doing better than you financially, but they have to work longer hours. And they have way more stress. And it costs them their marriage. And it's costing them their health. And they don't have a social life. They paid a price for that. Are you willing to pay that price? Do you really think that that price was worth it? Talk to the other people about their problems. Constantly investigate other people's lives for the darkness in it because they're not going to give it up willingly they're going to show you the nice shiny stuff first and you can't take that at face value assume the first things that everyone tells you is basically a lie they don't mean to lie some of them do but for the most part they just want don't want to acknowledge the reality of their life you might be jealous of your boss being higher up in the company but you wouldn't be jealous of his workload it sucks you wouldn't be jealous of the stress he brings home either you might be jealous of the guy with the six-pack, but you wouldn't be jealous of what he has to eat. You wouldn't be jealous of the shit he has to go through to keep that thing. You wouldn't be jealous of the disappointing lack of reward that comes from having it. It's not as good as you thought it was. 
Be skeptical of your comparison. Assume that when you compare yourself to someone else that you're probably really wrong. Go find out the truth. Notice your pain reasoning. When you're in pain, what story do you use to justify it? When you say, this hurts or my life sucks because, what follows that statement? Is it an accurate measurement of evidence? Or is it a nice little victim story where you're the special chosen one targeted for punishment? Do you say, hey, I'm depressed and my life sucks because I've been moping around and I haven't gone to the doctor to get the right medication and I'm not sorting out my bottom level needs and I've been beating myself up with a not good enough story for quite some time? Or do you say, oh, I'm down and depressed because life's too hard for me and everybody else has it easier and nobody will hire me and blah, blah, blah. You know, do you tell yourself an accurate, responsible story about what you are or are not doing? Or do you tell yourself a story about being a disadvantaged little orphan that the world is picking on, even though the world doesn't have the intelligence to pick on anything and wouldn't care if it did? Notice how also having shame about your strengths and your wins can lead to a skewed perception. You probably quite accurately measure your failures and your losses and your disadvantages. But how much credit do you give to the other side of the story? The fact that you're listening to this right now means that you have access to the internet. means that both your ears work, or at least one of them does. means you have enough intelligence and IQ to work the internet and to understand the words I'm saying. That already puts you way above most people. And the world really does. Puts you above like most of Africa. Puts you above everybody with intellectual disabilities. Puts you above this, that and the other. So many people puts you above. Just your ability to listen to this podcast means you're definitely in the top percentile. Do you recognize that? Do you give yourself credit for it or at least gratitude for it? Do you acknowledge that you're kind of advantaged there? Or do you think you're still losing? Odds are you do not take the time every day for real gratitude where you genuinely acknowledge how you're ahead. That you were the first sperm to make it to the egg. That you're a human being instead of one of the other things lower on the food chain. That you're winning just by being alive. Yeah, life sucks. But the fact that you're even participating in it in a, in a barely functional way, means you're way ahead, comparatively. If you want to do comparison to others, fine. Just do it accurately. And the only way to do it accurately is to acknowledge the clear fact that you are fucking winning. Just by being alive, you're winning. Just by having the resources to access electricity and the internet, you are clearly winning. You're kicking ass. So if, you, if you're really big on the idea that comparison to others is a reliable measurement and it should be done, then 90% of it should be saying, I'm beating this person and that person and that person and that person. I'm winning, 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 fucking winning. The people I see as doing better than me are a tiny percentage of the overall global population. And the ironic thing is this is the truth for anyone. Because even those people who don't have the internet and can't access the podcast, well, they're not addicted to their phones. They're more in touch with nature. They probably have better social communication and connection. They're probably more resilient to cold and enduring other temperatures. They're probably stronger and fitter and faster and more relaxed than most of the other people who have access to all these great things. So who's fucking winning here, really? This isn't like some 
hypothetical question. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Who's actually winning? Because I can't figure it out. It depends on who I look at and what story I tell myself. But the fact is, you're lucky to be alive, and you take most of that for granted. For every bad thing that happened to you, you've been winning the rest of the time. So, overall, the, the message I'm trying to get across to you is stop trying to prevent life from sucking. And instead, refocus your energy towards becoming a person, an extremophile, who can handle life sucking, who thrives in that environment, who makes the most of it, who uses whatever's happening to their advantage. You don't have to enjoy the fact that life sucks. You just have to accept that it always will because of the way you're designed. Just like you'll always get old, you'll always become dissatisfied with things even when they're at one stage, you know, exactly what you wanted. So look for the next problem to solve, knowing that solving the problem isn't where the reward is. It's just engaging in it. There's the equal amount of satisfaction in getting your first job as there is from starting your first company, as there is from taking over ten companies. And it will only be a brief satisfaction, then you're going to move on to the next one. And if you have to drop tools completely and deal with some basic survival problem, like you've got cancer or... You've got to take care of a baby. Then that's your new problem. It doesn't matter how that problem compares to other people. It doesn't matter if other people's problems seem to be at a higher level than you. Because you'll both be experiencing the same levels of dissatisfaction and going through solving those problems. Whatever problem you've got to solve is the problem to solve. And that is life. That's it. That's the hand to a doubt. I hope you got something from that. I'm always keen to hear your feedback, dan at brojo.co.nz. It's a very stoic flavor to what we're talking about today. But just a very personal one. I had the belief that life was unfair, and that belief ruled my life for so long. I So long I tried to make it fair, and it was just a waste of time. As soon as I switched to trying to make myself a person who can handle it being unfair, I started to unravel that mystery. Life got infinitely more better, and everything that I did felt beneficial. So I hope that helps, and I'll see you guys again later for the next one.